So let's remember these things. Let's remember these things. They're very important to remember. The kingdom is really built on relationships. Everything God does is built on relationships. When you look through your Bible, the Bible is really about relationships. The Bible is also allegories and stories and proverbs about how to find the right relationships, build the right relationships, preserve the right relationships, because you got to know what you're fighting for. And if you don't know what you're fighting for, you'll end up hurt all your life by relationships. Some relationships you don't fight over, you don't fight for, you don't chase. You let them ebb and flow. There are other relationships you got to know how important they are. You got to know. Because you'll have to fight for some relationships that may even be falling apart. But if you don't know which ones they are, you'll end up holding on to relationships because you're so, you're so oh God, you're so uh, dependent on them. But yet, those relationships served you for the time they were supposed to. And you got to know. So where do I find my relationships? How do I build them? How do I protect them? How do I salvage relationships that are falling apart? Which relationships matter? Because they can't all matter at the same time. So the wisdom in your life has to be built around that. That was so good. I could go eat some pie right now. That was good to me. So the kingdom is built on relationships. So nothing can cause more pain or joy in your life than your relationships. Your relationships will either be a source of joy or a lifetime source of pain. So just mumble it. Don't look at your neighbor, but mumble like they used to do down south. When you were talking to somebody, you didn't want them to know you were talking to them. You just say, you better be listening. You better be listening. Because, because if we don't pay attention to this, we end up with lots of pain. So now you are your relationships. A wise man in our church taught me. He says, now listen, you get ready to teach your son to drive. Y'all know the story. You get ready to teach your son to drive. Let me tell you how this works, Pastor Martin. I said, I'm listening. You know I'm listening. I'm listening to you. He said, you put your son in the car and there's only him in the car. You got a whole boy. You put your son in the car you gave him and he has his friend there. You got half a boy. Once he got two friends in the car, you ain't got no boy at all. They're going to do what he influences him what they influence him to do, they're going to do unless he's a strong boy. So what he was telling me is I have to spend my life watching my son's relationships. Well, he grown now. He ain't going to ever be grown. He's my boy. If I'm 100 and he's 75, he is my boy. I'm not leaving his life. He's on his own. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard people say. She's my daughter. She's married with her own kids. Let her live her life. Listen, man, you better stay in that girl's life. That man she married ain't you. So anyway, I want to talk to you about the story of Ruth and Naomi. It might be something different for you. Lord, help me, please. I want to talk to you about Ruth and Naomi. Now, this is an amazing story because in it, in this story, Josh, I mean, when we talk about this story, because me and Pastor Nell have been up 
We wake up in the middle of the night. You know, you go to the restroom at 2 o'clock, person comes back to the bed, and, like, and she's like, so what are you planning to say? I'm like, uh, excuse me? She said, what are you planning to say? I said, well, I'm going to talk about Naomi and Ruth. She said, what part of it? I said, I just told you before we went to bed. She said, well, I don't understand this part. She said, now, make sure when you get up there, you say this. Say this. And I said, I wasn't planning to say that. She said, you need to say it because that's what people are going to understand. When you get up there and say, watch, babe, give me some points now. I hope I'm putting some money in the bank because I like making withdrawals. So, uh, uh, so she says, tell people in the world today, relationships are so strained. Am I, am I doing good? Relationships are so strained because people are not, they're not going to work. They're watching stuff on Zoom. People are getting, getting disconnected everywhere. And it's a political cycle too, regardless of who you're voting for. It's like everybody's sort of separating. So Martin, you really got to tell them how important relationships are. They can't see your face. Okay. That's some of it. So then I would say to her, this is how you do them, brothers. Then I would say to her, why don't you come up and say that? No, 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 I don't want to come up and say it. No, I don't want to have nothing to do with it. I want you to say it. Well, babe, I can't really say what you got to say. I can only say what I have to say. So I'll say a part of it so I'm done with it, unless you want to come up and say it. So, there was a man named Imelech in Ruth 1, a man named Imelech, and he lives in the house of bread, a city called Bethlehem. It's a house that always has bread. Yeah. But the issue is now, the issue is now that all of a sudden, the city Jesus was born in, the house of bread that always has bread, is in a famine. Is in a famine. Elimelech has a beautiful wife named Naomi, and he has two sons. So he decides that because in Moab they have bread, he would leave the city of bread and move to the city Moab, which is called from the father. So he decided to move his family from the house of bread to an, to a son of. Abraham, in Abraham's lineage, that had left the father. So from the house of bread to the person who's from the father. When he moves to this city called Moab, he is there for 10 years. And in that 10 years, as he moved to eat, Imelech dies. Naomi is left with her two sons in Moab from the father. She stays there until her sons marry women that they never should have married. Moabites, people who are from the father, objected to godly things. Not wanting to be under God, they get hooked up with these women who want nothing to do with God. In a country where... Oh, Lord. In a country where serving God is the opposite to them. So you can link up with people because you think you're getting something. And they don't love God. I don't really want to be old-fashioned. But there are a lot of ruthless geniuses out there. 
They are smart. They are very smart. And they know what they think you need. So they will give you what they think you need in order for them to capture a relationship with you. Can I tell y'all something? People want you with them because of your anointing, because you're from the house of bread. Now listen, listen to me now. There might be times in your life where there's no bread. But that don't mean you're not from the house of bread. Right? So, so when you're living in God, you, you really have to protect your relationships. Her two boys get married. They married Moabite women. Both those boys get married. And then both boys die. Both of them. Now you got Naomi from the house of bread with two women from who've left the father. It's interesting now what will happen as Naomi is trying to figure out what do I do? Now, Naomi has some words she's going to say to herself. She's going to say, leave me. I'm, I'm dirty. I'm broken. I'm, so I'm sad. I'm sorrowful. God will never use me again. You can be in people's lives, and I want to reiterate this point. You can be in people's lives when they're going through something. Never judge them when they're going through something. And get rid of friends who judge you when you're going through something. Job did not get restored until he ignored his friends and said, y'all don't know what you're talking about. Let me pray for you. Job, you did something to hurt God. So da, 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 da. Job said, never mind. I'm going to pray for y'all and bless y'all. Then the Lord restored him. Once he decided to separate him from idiots, there are very smart people who are idiotic, stuck in their own worlds. Don't marry no girl who's stuck. Don't marry no dude who's stuck. Unless you want to ebb and flow, say, hey, Pastor Martin, say, hey. Now, I know you're here. Don't marry nobody that gets stuck in political cycles. Their eyes are too narrow. Their heads are too simple. You live in a world, not a city. And if you're a world thinker and you marry a local person from the block, you're going to fight that your whole marriage. Then they're going to put that in your kids. Now you're talking to your kids about business. And all they want to talk about, your kids start talking back to you, I need a job. No, 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 that ain't what we're doing. Well, that's what mama said. That's what daddy said. Let me back up. No, I'm going to back up because y'all, y'all, y'all. Y'all looking at me like Mississippi cows at a new gate. <laughs> when, when Naomi said, I'm bitter, you know what? Let's just pick up there in the seventh verse. Let's, let's pick up there in the seventh verse. Y'all going to walk with me? Hey, y'all online. I love y'all so much. Bless you. Watch this now. It says, 
Therefore, seventh verse. Therefore, she went out from the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her. And they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. She says, there is nothing for me left. Even though there's bread here, I'm going home. These girls are from Moab. They're Moabites, both of them, right? So eighth verse. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go return each to her mother's house, not, a, not their father's house. Each return to her mother's house. And this is what she prays. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. She's saying something in this statement. You girls were Moabitish. Okay, watch this now and pay attention to what I'm saying. She said, you're both Moabitish. You have no respect for elders. You have no respect for God. You're an ungodly people. But somehow when you got in this family, the family turned you into God-loving. Somehow this family taught you how to honor the dead and the living. This family taught you how to worship. Don't be afraid of people who do come into your family from the outside. Lord have mercy, help me. What you need in your family is a man and a woman in the house that'll teach them how to love God. Now, if you're weak on that, if you're weak on this culture, I know, I know, because this thing keeps flying over my head. Let me shoot it down. Let me shoot it down. Let me, let me just shoot this down. Can I shoot this one down? We're marrying for the wrong reason. And we think things get better after the wedding. But your children, you getting married is a big deal. It lasts, it's years before you get married. And after you're married, it lasts forever. Somebody got to be in your life to make sure you're not missing the parade. Because you're watching the parade. Oh, this is so beautiful. And your friends and everybody behind you said, this is a show. It's a sham. This ain't what's really real. Look over here. <laughs> Look over here. These are their people. This right here is where they come from. Now, you, go, you, can, you can't love that out of them, and you can't beat that out of them. And you get hooked up with somebody, that's them. I told, I told my soon-to-be wife, who was my best friend before getting married, I said, my mom and dad are dead. This is the woman who raised me. If you don't love her, I will never marry you. Now, I loved her with my eyes, my liver. Everything was quivering because on her answer on this, I knew I couldn't be with her. Because I knew that time I didn't have a bone to suck on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> didn't have no money, but I knew I was going to be wealthy. I knew it. I ain't got to ask you. I knew I was going to be. I just felt it in my hand. And I'm like, if something happened to me and I leave you with $10 million, now you're not going to take care of my mama? Oh, heavens no. 
What you mean you don't like my sisters? What are we doing? I ain't going to marry you if we ride off in the sunset. We're getting married on foundations. And I said to her father, I said, you are my father. You will never need for another thing in your life. If anybody mess with you, they mess with me. Linnell said, oh, shoot, I got me a man now. I said, you got a real man. One of our titles this series is going to be, what is a man? Y'all not happy with me now, but you're going to feel so good after you eat your chicken and your pizza. <laughs> Where was I at? Verse 9. Watch this. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each in the house of his, her husband. She says, you guys are going to get married again. So she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, both of them, surely we will return with you to your people. Their answer is, we're going with you to your people. We're not staying here in Moab. Now pay attention to this. Pay attention to this. Some people will kiss you and leave. This is honorable. In other words, some people will come to you and say, I just believe this relationship has served its time. I believe God or whatever I feel like I need to move on. And they will bless you. They'll kiss you. They'll weep over what they may be losing. That's honorable. But y'all, walking away saying nothing. And people who are your friends hear about it on social media. That is so dishonorable. You got to find out someone doesn't like you through someone else's voice. That's cowardice. And what you don't know is when you leave one relationship wrong, it severs you from the next relationship. That's why lots of us are lonely. Okay, okay. That's why lots of us can't find a man, can't find a woman, can't find a friend, can't find a business partner. We can't find people. Because we left the last thing wrong. And it becomes a thing of insecurity. Anybody who feels good about themselves will look somebody in the eye and say, I've just changed. They won't sneak away in the night. Y'all not going to deal with me for a month, are you? No. Grown men and grown women communicate. Grown people, kingdom citizens, say what they're thinking without malice. I just believe it's the right time for me to leave. Why? I don't know. I just feel it. And I wanted to come to you first. I haven't told anybody, but I want to talk to you and figure out how do we work through this. Now, you're married. That ain't how, I'm not giving you the rules for marriage now. You can't just walk up to your spouse. Okay, people are like, oh, that's how you do it. No, uh-uh, no, 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 no. No, 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 sister. 
sister, girl, brother. No, you can't walk up to your husband and say, you know what? I just believe this thing has served its time. <laughs> you know, I, I just think, I think God told me to move on. No, no. I told her, I said, if you marry me, we're cutting a covenant. So I don't care if one of us cheats on one another. We're going to fight through it to keep our family together. Okay, y'all can't deal with this. Well, it says in the Bible that if they commit adultery, you can divorce them. The operative word is can. It don't mean you have to. Well, you know, you were unfaithful, so I have to divorce you. Listen to me. Some relationships you got to fight for. You got to fight tooth and nail. You got to be ready to punch him in the face and say, instead of hitting you, let's go see a counselor. <laughs> I feel like putting a gun right in your mouth and pulling the trigger right now if I could. But let's go talk to the pastor. <laughs> now just in case people out there that are hurt I'm, I'm not laughing at your hurt I'm just sitting and I'm telling you once you get married you have cut a covenant so be wise before you cut a covenant you need to know if they brush their teeth you want to know how often do they take a shower? You want to know who they vote for. You want to know how they treat their mama. You want to know their credit score. You want to know if they've ever been arrested. Show me your second grade picture. I want to know. Oh, you seem a little elusive. Let me go call my mama and them. Mama, mama, I want you to meet Jessica. Daddy, I want you to meet Jesse. Daddy walks in, he ain't in love. Because I walk in the room with my iPad on Facebook. You know, I found you in here. What did, what did this mean? When you, this picture, what this mean? What was you at? What was happening? What's that in that glass? I ain't got no time to fight alcoholism in my family. Y'all can, oh, hey, y'all can do all y'all want to do. I ain't got time. I got too much important stuff to do than to be running down there. You, you my son-in-law, daughter-in-law, up in there drinking. I'm in there praying. Lord, deliver them from alcohol. I don't have time. I got too much to do. Shut with me. I just got too much to do. Too much to do. Well, you sure are arrogant and proud. Yes. You have said right. I got too much to accomplish. I want to know, I want to know if you're struggling with alcohol now. Before I do a business deal with you, I need to know. How do you treat your wife at home? I need to know. Show me, show, show me your mama. I want to see her. God, I wish I could come down there. Show me your mother. I want to see her. I walked in the house, and Pastor Nell's mother was there, and I'd seen her at church since a little boy. 
I walked in the house, and what she was doing, I said, ooh, I want a woman like that. Oh, my God. Now, don't y'all get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. But she's never driven a day in her life. She stays in the house. Now, this part, I'm not, you know, I didn't get that. <laughs> she stays in the house. <laughs> that ain't what I got. But she stays in the house. She can hear the truck of, of my father-in-law driving two miles down the rock road. When she hears that truck driving down the rock road, she starts to bath water. She done already cooked. His clothes are already put out. He goes right in. She's like, uh-uh, pastor, don't tell my husband that. She, he goes right in. He takes his bath. He comes with his clothes on, and now he sits and he eats. He eats with a little fork. Nobody else can touch that fork now. There's going to be issues, ramifications if you touch that little fork. And I laughed the first time. I said, why are you eating with a baby fork? Nobody laughed. He looked at me. I knew. Don't ever say that again. <laughs> it's weird to me. He eats. He goes. He reads his paper. She knows what he wants to watch on TV. He wants to watch the 6 o'clock news. All that's on. And I said, hot almighty Lord, this woman right here, I want something like this. Now y'all like, no, I know how to cook. I taught her how to cook. But I wanted someone who was attentive. Because I knew, can I talk to y'all? I knew that if my wife put me in a situation where I couldn't talk to her, I knew in my personality I would have to find somebody else to talk to. I knew that about myself. So to protect my relationship with her, I wanted someone who was a lot like her. Now, <laughs> I'm going to tell y'all the truth. My wife paid too much attention to me. I'm like, she like, what do you have on? I'm like, babe, I mean, it's, you know, it's an Aditi suit. Well, you know you're going to a meeting. You don't need to wear that. I'm like, babe, I'm, yeah, I know. I go, they know me. They know me. They know I'm showing up with the Aditi's on. I got my hat, hat on, jacket, all of it. It's matching, socks, everything. She said, no, it's not that kind of meeting. I said, you paying too much attention. How did you know how I was dressed? Callie sent me a picture. So I got to text Callie and say, this ain't none of your business. She said, I know. But if mama knew I saw you when you left the house and didn't tell her. Now, my wife's not nosy. She's attentive. Martin, put some lotion on your elbows, bae. Lotion makes me hot. I'm going to have on a jacket the whole time. Martin, it's not what shows that shows your character. It's the stuff that people don't see. And I'm like, I, you know, so right now, can you just be my wife, not my preacher? And she'll say, what's the difference? Ain't nobody, Levon, was that you? You got one too. An attentive wife. Every man out here, get you an attentive wife. There's nothing worse than being ignored by your wife. 
Because I'm telling you, brothers, there's something about you that needs attention. I ain't playing. I ain't playing with y'all. I ain't playing with y'all. I ain't playing with y'all that, that's, that's married. And I ain't playing with y'all no more that want to get married. Y'all screwing this up. And this junkyard building ain't going to last. It ain't going to last for a generation. You got to at least be married 50 years before you even start your nation. Not just your children. You got to be around for your great-grandchildren. You got to show these boys how to, treat a, how to treat a woman. Shoot, you got to show some of these boys how to be a boy. Don't be inviting more trouble in your family. I'm so off, ain't I? Okay, so, so here, <laughs> and they said to her, surely we will return with you. But Naomi said, turn back my daughters. Turn back my daughters. She owned them. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn back my daughters. Go, for I am too old to have a husband. And even if I had hope, if I should have a husband tonight and should bear sons, would you wait for them to be grown? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has, been gone, has gone out against me. It hadn't. It hadn't. Don't judge somebody for what they're going through. Okay, right? Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her and she said look your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods return after your sister-in-law but Ruth said entreat me not to leave you or turn back from following after you for wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be. This is what we're talking about. This is what we're talking about. Your people shall be my people. And your God, my God. Listen, Ruth, Lord Jesus. I pray, God, send me a woman like this for my son. Send me a man like this for my daughter who will walk up to me and say, look at here. Where you die, I'll die. And there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also if anything but death parts you and me, Linnell, come on. When she saw, watch this, when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped bothering her. Once Naomi knew, this girl's going with me. She, I can't talk her out of it. She's going with me. She stopped bothering her. This last verse is, is amazing. 
Now the two of them, and now the two of them went until they were in Bethlehem. They were back in the house of bread. Now I didn't want to talk about any of that. <laughs> really. This is what I want to tell you. I want to talk to you about how to choose the relationships that matter. How do I choose? Am I, am I, am I all right with y'all? Okay. So watch this now. Realize that everybody has an agenda. I have one. You have one. Everybody has one. Everybody, everybody has something they want you to do. But in the world we live in, most people don't tell you till they got you in a relationship. So you got to have a system to tell who, who they are, what they're trying to get from you before you join into a relationship. In business, we call that a law contract. <laughs> but sometimes contracts end you up in court because you still couldn't discern. I spent most of my time helping people in their distress, walking them through it. But when I would go through distress, they would leave me. So I need to know up front, I'm going to help this man pull his family together. I'm going to help this woman build her business. And once they no longer need me, this is what's going to happen. I had to do that to protect myself. Because this is what I learned. You get the right woman. If you don't learn how to protect yourself, she is going to protect you. Hey, pastor, can you help me? My wife says, no, he can't. No, he can't help you. I'm like, babe, it's okay, babe. She said, no. No, you are not helping this person. What's wrong? I mean, I, I have the gifts. I have the skill. I'm their pastor. She said, be their pastor then. You ain't got to show that person how to do no business. You ain't got to counsel that person. She said, stand up in that pulpit and teach them the word and go home with me. And I'm like, Lord, what's wrong with my wife? My wife got this issue with me being a pastor. She didn't have an issue with me. She was discerning. Martin, this person is just like that one. I'm like, whoa, really? <laughs> yes. They just want you to help them. They're not trying to build a lasting relationship with you. When you stop giving them what they want, they're going to walk away. And sometimes because I'm shy, I can come across in a meeting like you're taking advantage of me because I don't really care. I don't really care. You can feel like you're taking advantage of me. I'm, 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 I'm straight. I'm going to go home to my big house that's paid for in my nice car that's paid for to a wife that loves me. I don't take people home with me. Do not. My kids come to my house. They spend time with me and their mother. We're mom and pops, not Pastor Mar and Pastor Linnell. So they look like they're taking advantage of me. And then when they figure out at the end, I was thinking the whole time. Planning and plotting. 
And before you know it, dare I say it, before you know it, the stuff you thought you were trying to steal from me, I leave the meeting with my stuff and your stuff. I can't see y'all behind the mask. Is that okay? So let me rattle all these off to you. Here's some questions you ask <laughs> before you form any relationship. My God, please do it before you get married. Please do it before you join in business. Please, please, please do it before you buy a car. Please just ask these questions. Number one, do you trust yourself? Do you trust the sense of God in you? Are you discerning? Do you have a tinkling in your toes or something that goes off in your mind when someone's talking to you and you're like, ooh, this feels good? Or, hmm, what is this? I'm not sure. If you don't, if you trust yourself, you're going to be fine with the rest of them. If you're a person that people can talk you into something easily, don't trust yourself. Ask someone to help you. Am I making sense? You're getting ready to sell something. You're a salesperson. You're getting ready to sell something. And it's to a new company. And they order $3 million of supplies from you. So you order it from China. Sorry, I know y'all think they make it in here, but they're not. So you order it from China. It's on the boat coming over. And you find out this new client's not real. Yeah, this new client, you want to call Bob and Joe in New York and New Jersey and down in Carolina. You say, I'm doing something with XYZ Company. Is this right? Have you heard of them? No, we haven't heard of these people. You need to vet them. That saves your job. Hey, somebody contacted me, DM'd me. I'm trying to get used to this language. DM'd me. By the way, I don't, I'm not on social media. That's my kids. I ain't read nothing on there. I ain't following nobody. Don't comment me. Don't DM me. Don't call me. Don't send me no message. I, I'm not reading it. And my daughter Callie is more protective than her. I don't even see the comments. Unless it's important. Y'all not laughing. Y'all must be. Okay. Y'all with me? Right? But see. Do you know the, do you trust yourself? You got to trust yourself before you form anything. And if you don't trust yourself, go to someone you trust. Secondly, secondly, this <laughs> is so good, so good. Are your destinies aligned? Well, I don't need my destiny to be aligned. I'm, I'm just buying a car. That's all I'm doing. I mean, I'm going to have a two, three, four-day relationship. That's, that's it. No, are your destinies aligned? Is it the same? I typically buy my vehicles, and I did last time and for my wife. I want to talk to a guy that our destinies align. His destiny was I want to get you in the right car that you're happy with because I don't want to see your face again. I want you to send people to me. And I'm like, wow, I want a car that I can drive that I don't have any issues with. This works. Now, if I can feel like you're just trying to sell me something, I'm walking away. But if our destinies align, how did Timothy know that his destiny aligned with Paul? How did Elisha know that his destiny aligned with Elijah? 
How did Ruth know her destiny aligned with Naomi? You got to know if you're going in the right direction, care about the same thing. It takes questions. That girl, that boy, when you're out with them at night by yourself, can lie to you easy for two hours. That business partner can sit down with you and get a contract quick. They can lie to you easy. You need a girlfriend or a friend of yours that'll sit down. What's that show we watch, babe? It's so funny sometimes. Uh, it, married in 90 days or something, 90-day fiancé. I love it. They be like, oh, so lovely, Debbie. Then they say, well, we're going out tonight with our friends. And you see the other person say, I don't know if I want to meet your friends. <laughs> when they don't want to meet your friends, it's going to be something tonight. They go out there drinking and having a good time. And one of the friends say, I was looking you up on Instagram. I want to know if you're real or fake. Well, I can't believe you'd ask me that. Ooh-wee. And the person that's been talking to him for weeks be like, ooh, I didn't I ain't know that was in there. Your friend will bring it out on them. You go into a big contract, bring your lawyer, lawyer in the room. That lawyer sit down and say, you know, I was looking through these, these fifth and fourth verses and, and thou, that was with its knowledge. And there was this comma right here. This comma really means that. And I don't think Martin should go into that deal unless we remove that comma. I'm like, oh, shoot. Well, that, that comma is very important. When they start defending the comma, they're trying to get me. Pastor Martin, that makes no sense to me. I'm telling you, a man with stinky feet, when you're dating him, is cute. <laughs> oh, it's so cute. I had to wash his feet. Oh, it was such a wonderful experience. Now, after 12 months, two years, and you got to build a separate mudroom. Kevin, come build me a separate mudroom from the house just so he can put his shoes out there. <laughs> now, this ain't cute no more. <laughs> so you need to understand the little things about people. Now, for all of you who are not bored, stick with me. I'm getting ready to save your life. Next question. <laughs> Next question. Is there a desire to serve? If there is no desire for you to serve this person or this person to serve you, wrong relationship. If you're not interested in helping them, and if they're not reciprocating that to help you, wrong relationship. If only one of you is helping, the other one will be used. A lot of marriages happen around here, and I'm ashamed to say it, and I take ownership of it. I do. I take ownership of it. We live in a world now when no one would take ownership of what happens in their space. And I'm telling you, once I say this, I'm free. Listen to me. These marriages that are happening in churches are shams. They're built out of the wrong stuff. No son of mine will get married without, will propose without talking to me. 
you're my spiritual son, don't play with me. No spiritual daughter of mine will accept a proposal without talking to me. Let me tell you why. I have to keep people's stuff in confidence. I can't tell you about what's happening. I, I can't. Joshua and Vanessa like one another. That's beautiful. But I can't tell Josh anything about Vanessa because she's in my church. I have to protect her. Even if he likes her, I can't, I can't say, ooh, boy, I'm, you know, I wouldn't do that. I can't do that because it's her privacy. It's not HIPAA law. It's called the kingdom. I won't do it. So you accept the proposal in this church from somebody you don't even know. And then grinning up to me, will you do our wedding? No! Done. Finished. One of these elders or somebody, not me, I put too much in weddings. I bring my soul to the wedding. I bring my spirit to the wedding. I bring my checkbook to weddings. It's an investment of my life. Yes. You can't know them to somebody who knows them tells you what they know. Now we're in counseling. And you're not going to like me, I know. Because I'm getting ready to do what I did. How did y'all meet? Oh, Pastor, we don't need to talk about how we met. We killing one another in the house. I don't care. That's your problem. How did y'all meet? Who did y'all talk to? Who gave y'all permission to get married? Who gave you counseling? Where's they soft to this? When you counseling people, you can't be soft. Oh, that's so cute. No, they are not cute. They're two individuals getting ready to have a train wreck. And if they don't know how to put one train back together, if they can't do a crossword puzzle or play, play Scrabble or do any of that with patience, they're not going to be able to put this train wreck together. I know. I did not, and you heard the story, I did not ask Dr. Monroe to mentor me so that I can learn how to get rich or be on a stage. This is the most frightening place I ever am. I'm scared every time. I'm nervous every time. Joshua's not. I don't know where he gets that from. I'm nervous every time I stand up here. Every time. Every time. He loves it. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, we. It's like, he loves it. I don't love it. It's like, it's like, I don't love it. I never have loved it, but I have to stand here for 25 years. If it weren't for this Bible, I would have nothing to say. I would say a couple words to you, and I'd be like, hey, you know, it's good seeing you. Boom, boom. Let's go. That's, that's just me. What was I getting at? <laughs> when I saw Dr. Monroe at Azusa 90, Azusa 91, he was talking about his wife, and he said he loved her with his liver, his pancreas, his heart, his lungs. And I'm like, 
who, who is this fool talking about? And he stayed there for 10 minutes talking about his wife. I'm like, who is this man? What is he talking about? And I had read his books, but I'm like, I, I never heard this before. He said, I love her with everything in, in my body. He said, she's my bodyguard. He's still talking about her. Then he put a picture up of his family up on the screen at the babysitter. I'm like, I ain't never seen no preacher put a picture of his family up on the screen. He said, this is my life. This is what I live for. I started weeping. I mean, I'm in the nosebleed section in the maybe center. I started weeping. My friend who was with me, uh, uh, Pastor Ken, he said, what are you crying about? He's just doing the introduction. I said, I said that's what I've been looking for. I, I want somebody to show me how to put my family together. I've never seen it. I, I don't know. I mean, I just want to figure this out. It's so important to me. And I, and I said, I called home, and I said, honey, I have found our mentor. She said, we'll never get close to him. I said, we don't have to, babe. Let's just save up some money. Once a month, we just going to fly to wherever he preaching. Because the man, this man, this man said to us, I don't go nowhere without my wife. I said, what? Who is this? Who wants to be with his wife all day, all night, all week, everywhere he travels? Who is this man? So we would just... Fly and drive. We drive 12 hours just to be in one session, sitting in the back, watching Dr. Monroe. And every time, Dr. Phil got this from him. Every time Dr. Monroe, every time Dr. Monroe got through preaching, follow me, camera guy, this is what he do. Don't, okay. This is what he do. He grab his wife. He walk out. I said, Lord, have mercy. When they were in the mall, because I didn't know how to hold hands with my wife. I'd never seen it. I was told it wasn't manly. From the pulpit. Dr. Monroe, and, and if I can be honest with y'all, can, can y'all can we just be AWC? I was especially taught that an African-American or a black man, it was really unmanly for us. We had to be like on top of our women and leading them strong. Dr. Monroe in the mall. We got to know him. He said, you got a car? Let's go shopping. So we'd be at Walmart <laughs> from midnight to 3 in the morning. They love Walmart. Dr. Monroe would be walking like this with Pastor Ruth in Walmart. They didn't separate. She'd look at stuff. He didn't leave her. Okay, bae. And, and he, he would <laughs> He would look at stuff. She wouldn't leave. So for hours, they would just walk around in Walmart, holding hands, shopping. She wants to preach now, Josh. You, you don't want to let go? That was sexy, wasn't it? Okay. Listen, men, sometimes what we think fills the bank you ain't making no deposits. So you be trying to make withdrawals from an empty bank. So anyway, uh, <laughs> do they challenge you or stretch you? Do they challenge you? Do they stretch you? Any relationship. You don't even need to have a friendship that doesn't challenge you. 
Get rid of those friendships that you got to have because they make you feel good. They're keeping you stuck. Am I making any sense? Man, Naomi looked at Ruth one day and she said, yes, you are a widow. Your husband died. But that don't mean you're supposed to walk around with them widow clothes every day. She said, take them clothes off. Put on some clean clothes. And Ruth said, I'm going to work in the field. She said, put on your best clothes going out there in the field. You ain't no widow. Don't, tell, don't wear the sign of where you've been. You need some friends in your life that'll tell you. You need a pastor in your life that'll tell you you are not where you came from. And what happened to you doesn't need to become your banner. There has to come a day where you take your grave clothes off. One of my coaches said to me, he said, listen, you're talented, Martin. You're talented and you're fast. You came into the game late. He knew me. He lived in my, teachers used to live next to you. He said, I know where you come from. You're talented and your daddy wouldn't let you play ball. So you're 14 and you're behind. Your responses, heel, toe, hand, reflexes, turning. He said, there are kids who are ahead of you. He said, but that's not your real problem. He said, your real problem is at your mom and dad's death. He said, you're stuck back there. You don't believe in yourself. You believe everybody's out to get you. You believe that God's not with you because somebody died in your family. But he said, you are still here. He said, you got to make a choice today. You're talented. Your family has no money. If you want to go to school, you got to use your talent. You're fast. Take those grave clothes off. Tell somebody, take those. When you meet people and they can smell Lazarus on you. When you meet them, you walk into their presence and they have this aura of failure. There's this aura of death. There's this aura you may be saved, but you're still living in hell on earth. People will take advantage of that because they feel good about themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. There just comes a time in your life where you just have to say, I'm not wearing that no more. The wrong question is, why do I keep attracting these people who misuse me? Why are they in my life all the time? Wrong question. The right question is, what is in me? That keeps calling these people. Bob didn't know Joe. Becky did not know Joanne. But the Joanne is still in Becky. They don't even know one another. It's not their fault. It's something in me that's saying, hey, I need this fool in my life. This idiot makes me feel safe. <laughs> I need another user. I need another abuser. I need someone who will keep me there. I feel most comfortable when I got on my morning clothes. 
I get a lot of attention when I can bring up I ain't got no mama. I bring up a lot of attention when I can say my husband left me. I bring up a lot of attention when I can say my baby died in childbirth. Everybody just comes around me. They're hugging me. They're petting me. That's not good for you. You'll end up with all these people surrounded by them. Surrounded by them, Josh. Surrounded by them. And now you'll never think for yourself. You'll never believe for yourself. You'll never believe in yourself. You'll never take the opportunity to start the business. You won't just leap out. You'll have to wait and have somebody with you. I need somebody to believe in me. I need somebody to invest in me. I need somebody to say I'm successful. I need somebody to just believe that I can do it. I need somebody to look up to me. I need somebody to give me a helping hand. I need somebody to give me some time. I need some counseling. I need somebody to feel good about me. I need a compliment. I'm going to post something just so somebody can like it. I'm going to put this out there just to see what I can attract. I'm going to put something out in the air because I'm so needy. I need this. I need something. I need somebody. And everybody will hear you say, I need something. I need somebody. I need somebody. I need something. They'll give you a dollar. You feel like that's an investment. A friend of mine asked me, he said, Pastor Martin, why do these people keep ending up in your life? And I said, I don't know. Tell me. He said, Pastor Martin, he was my friend. He said, Pastor Martin, can I pray for you? He said, you need to get delivered because God called you to the world. You need to get free from this. Pastor Martin, you got to get ready to serve people who are going to talk about you like a dog once you pull them out of the ditch. He said, you got to get ready to be rejected. You got to be ready for people to talk about you. Pastor, they're going to know your secrets. And one day they're going to promise they're not going to tell anybody. And as soon as they leave you, they're going to tell everybody. There are going to be meetings about you. He's prophesying. There are going to be meetings about you several places in the city. And they're going to be talking about you, not AWC. They're going to be talking about you. He says, Pastor Martin, you got to get free from this. I fell on the floor and lifted my hands. I said, brother, whatever that is, I don't want nothing to do with that. That brother, he was African. Y'all don't know nothing about praying in Africa. This brother didn't let me go for another two hours. He had his hand wrapped around my head like a vice grip. And he was he was loosing me from stuff that was in my life. Lord have mercy, I'm out of time. You, 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 say it with me. There comes a time that I have to stop mourning. There comes a time that I have to stop needing someone else. There comes a time where I've got to believe in myself. <laughs>